beautiful people, lovely people. How are you? Um, it's your boy, Neville. I'm back after such a long time, and I'm joined by a very good friend of mine. And today we are going to have a different discussion, different from what we've been having for a while. And even before venturing into this, I just want to apologize as um, for there have for there has been moments when I didn't love others well. And uh, I think I was made aware of that moment when I was having a conversation with this friend who shall not be named. And uh, it, it became apparent to me that very many times we focus on the wrong things as, you know, as Christians, we have this tendency of focusing on the wrong things and establishing this them versus us mentality in the church. That is not very Christ-like, and I personally apologize for that publicly. And so I'll ask my friend, who shall not be named, to kind of introduce himself and tell us a thing or two about himself. Yeah, sure. Um, and as far as your apology, I take that to heart. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, I really think that it takes a lot of guts to say that, especially as a as both Christians that we are. Um, so thanks for having me on here. I'm really, really excited um, to uh, for this discussion. I think it's gonna bring a lot of clarity to a lot of us. Um, yeah, um, well, I am a student. I'm still a student. Um, you and I met in school. Um, and ever since then, it's been like a crazy ride with you. <laughs> it really has been. Um, so one of the uh, questions I would love to tackle first, um, and just like you said, you know, in the church, we do have this, versus them mentality um, in terms of heterosexual people and homosexual people. Um, the first question is, um, is sexuality a choice? Um, it's not. <laughs> it really isn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't go through life thinking and being confused like, oh, could I be gay or not? No, like ever since I was a little boy, I knew what I was into. <laughs> um, and... Um, as I was go kind of funny, I was going through a conversation like this with a friend the other day, and I told her, if you, if you thought, or if sexuality was a choice, you really think I would choose to like men? <laughs> um, because, you know, in being a gay man, um, you know, I've, I've developed feelings, um, uh, and I've always gotten hurt. So through that point of view, it's like, you really think I would choose to like men, you know? And as I was younger and I was finally realizing, okay, this is what people call it, being quote-unquote gay, um, and listening to uh, Christian leaders talk about homosexuality the way that they do, um, I would pray to God and literally just pray and say, God, take the gay away, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't want to be gay. I don't want to be gay. Please change me. Um, and it's been several years and, you know, I did fasting, I did praying, I, I, I read the word and I was really into it and nothing ever happened. Um, so in recent years, what I started doing instead of asking God to quote unquote, take away the gay, it, uh, what I started doing was just focusing on my relationship with Christ. And I will tell you this, none of the, I would say homosexual feelings have disappeared, but I'm so glad that I finally have a much better relationship with the Lord. And it's been like the five or six uh, past years. And I was telling you today, you know, like, and as you mentioned, 
um, we have this us versus them mentality. But what about people like me who in a way consider ourselves quote unquote gay Christians? You know, we don't fully identify as Christians, not because we, or at least in my case, we feel like we are complete sinners, which I know we are, um, just like everybody else. Um, but we can't identify as full Christians because of how other Christians make us feel. But we also can't identify as gays because um, how other gays make us feel. You know, like on both sides, we kind of have people like um, shoving their own beliefs down our throats, right? And I, I'll tell you this, I, I believe in the word of God completely. And I believe it's perfect and, and, and we should take it literally. Um, and, but just like I said, you know, nothing ever really happened when I asked God to take the gay away. So I just started focusing on my relationship with God, you know? Um, and in terms of sexuality or choice, what if I told another straight man or a straight woman, why don't you be gay for a day? Try to do it, you know? I think it's impossible. So I actually was once told, try being straight for a day. And I, I was like, I was pretty much appalled because I was like, well, how do I do that? Do I just choose to like women all of a sudden and were you told that by a christian did that yes okay. yeah 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 i was i was told that by a christian and then they just said try being straight for a gay uh, for, for a day i was like well i can't do that it's not a choice it's, it's it's just there you know it's it's just uh crazy and then some of the other comments that i've heard too um and i was taught this growing up um and obviously i'm not out <laughs> um but something that i was taught was that homosexuality leads to pedophilia. Um, so that was also one thing about that um, really scared me growing up. Um, and that was one of the main reasons I was asking God, take the gay away. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to develop pedophilia. And here I am 26 years later, <laughs> and I'm like totally against pedophilia. I have a passion against it. It's, it's and, and um, you know, never turned into that, you know. Um, so I think the church has a lot of misconceptions about homosexuals, um, especially, you know, homosexuals that believe in God and want to do the will of God. But for some reason, we still have these feelings, you know? Yeah. So if I were to ask you, so what's, how do you identify and how do you define your identity if, at the moment? Sure. If I were to uh, have a label on me, I would say I'm a gay Christian. Um, but it's just, you know, I don't participate in like pride activities. Um, because like I said, you know, like I don't fully identify as part of the LGBT community because I don't agree with many things that they, uh, do say, uh, but I can't identify fully with the Christian community because, you know, they, they will, um, deem me as like the worst, a human being in the world. Um, and you know, something that's really sad, Neville, um, and that's part of the reason why I can't. And it's not that I don't identify, it's that I can't identify as a full Christian. Um, once I, I've heard stories where within the same church, you know, you have a homosexual man and then you have someone who's commit a straight heterosexual, heterosexual man who's committing adultery, right? Um, and they've, um, they somehow have created this culture where you confess your sins to each other. And that's healthy, you know, I'm, I'm for that. Um, but here's what happened. They confessed their sins. The adulterous man confessed his sins and also the homosexual man confessed his sins. The difference was that the adulterous man 
um, he actually committed adultery. The homosexual man was not practicing homosexual activities. He was just ha- struggling with feelings towards another man. But he never um, participated in homosexual activities. So here is our double standard. The adulterous man was just put into a restoration program, and the homosexual man was never permitted to serve again. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So what are we talking about? You know, shouldn't the homosexual man also uh, go through a restoration program when he never committed any homosexual sin? Um, so I think it's a, it's a very double standard. And in the church, I feel like we've idolized sexuality, you know? And it's so easy to point fingers because you're either straight or you're not, you know? So I think, you know, um, so easy to point fingers because in terms of lying, we all lie at some point. Right. In cheating, we all cheat at some point. So it's you don't have people coming up and like having conferences on lying and having conferences on cheating or conferences on adultery. But you hear all these churches having conferences on sexuality and quote unquote identity crisis. But I don't think the identity crisis has happened within us because of us. I think the identity crisis has occurred because of how the church sees homosexuality yeah um so it's just really sad seeing that double standard in sin because you know you talk to someone and they'll say well sin is sin but once they are actually taking action against that sin it's 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 very um there's a huge contrast in how they treat those sins yeah and just to give uh our audience, you know, a bit of information about you. You grew up around the church. I did. So you have been around the church for a while. Exactly. Yeah, and so the things that you say are not from an outsider perspective. Mm-hmm. And so there's a things that you have seen played out again and again over the last couple of years that you've been around, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I did grow up in the church. Um, and something that I do pray to God is that... Um, he helps me never leave him. Um, uh, although the church has caused some hurt um, and I still have those wounds, I never want to stop serving him because he just has been so good. Wow. Would you love to tell us more about the hearts that have been caused by the church? Sure. Sure. Um, and then and so that's the, some people in the church, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in the church. Um, once I, this was when I was younger, um, and um, this, uh, this lady, she and I were really good friends. And it was um, a summer, you know, um, we were out of school, we were hanging out, and I confided in her. I told her, hey, you know, I struggle with these feelings. Um, I, like, I like dudes. <laughs> and, you know, after that, she just changed completely. She stopped talking to me. She, or, or if she did answer my text, you know, she would take days to respond when before that we were texting pretty much 24-7, you know, from the moment that we woke up to the very moment that we went back to bed. Um, but after I told her that I was gay, she stopped texting me. Then after about two weeks later, she told me, hey, if you don't tell your parents what you're struggling with by the end of the year, I'm going to tell them. And I remember my heart just dropped when she said that because I confided in her, right? 
And end of the year came, and she didn't tell my parents, but she t- she did tell um, another family member. Um, and this family member came to me one day around five in the morning to my room. Um, this family member was very careful about the whole thing, and she wanted to help me through it. Um, however, I don't think she went the right way, uh, because her way of helping me was. Um, checking my phone, checking the things I was listening to, checking my texts, checking my messages. And that just felt like a violation of not my privacy, but a violation of our trust. And I just felt like I couldn't trust anybody at that point. I think this person believes that I've changed, but the truth is I haven't, or they just don't want to accept it. Um, And that friend, uh, well, I haven't talked to her since. And this was probably back in 2011. So sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. And uh, I mean, so this lady tells uh-huh. someone else and this someone else invades your space yes. to try and fix things. Yeah. Try and fix me. <laughs> to try and fix you. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, yeah. that's hilarious. Wow. And so, um, I mean, we've talked about the church and the culture from which you come from. Mm-hmm. How acceptable, because you said they don't want to accept. Mm-hmm. So how acceptable is that homosexuality? In the culture that I'm in, um, in terms of uh, my church, and in terms of my family, it's not acceptable at all. Not acceptable at all. So I'm not out to anybody, but really, really close friends. Um, and I'm very careful who I come out to. Um, and it's really sad because um, I feel like I can't be myself around a lot of people and you know not all gays are the same we're not all about crop tops and (laughs) blonde hair um you know i'm some of us are a little bit more calm and chill um but anyway it's not acceptable at all and that is one of the reasons why i can't come out because i just don't know how people are going to react you know because again we have that double standard in the church where you have restoration programs for people who commit uh, adultery or fornication within heterosexual, I guess, boundaries. But if you have someone who just has gay feelings and but does not participate in homosexual activities, somehow the world is ending. Yeah. I've watched you serve so faithfully. I mean, every single Sunday you're serving, right? Yeah. And yeah. how is that like for you? How was the experience of a faithful Christian who struggles with these feelings, who shows up every week to serve God with your giftings because you're also incredibly gifted. Oh, thank you, Noel. Yeah, um, I, as you know, I have a pretty big role in my own church. Um, and it's a constant struggle, honestly, because there's this huge part of my life that I'm hiding, you know. Um, but at the same time, what gives me hope is that nothing in the eyes of God is hidden. He knows what I struggle with. He knows what I really am like. Um, so I worship him in truth because I know that he knows who I really am. But in terms of the outward um, expression, I do feel like I'm not being real because I'm hiding from people, but, you know, this big part of my life. So it is, it's a struggle. It really is a struggle. Um, but. I believe that God is merciful and he's graceful and um, 
my worship is for him. It's not for church. So what I'm doing is not for my church. What I'm doing is um, for God. That's what helps, yeah. And that's awesome. I happen to know, uh, I happen to, ha- I, I do have friends who, you know, are sort of in the same boat as you. And again, I said, you know, way, way before, uh, you know, before I came to a place, before God allowed me to come to a place where I was more accepting and more understanding and more, you know, able to serve grace, it was very easy for me to be like, yeah, not sure how I feel about that. But now my closest friends, um, this this other guy that I serve with, excellent singer, um, and he told me that, hey, Neville, this is it, you know, and now that makes you know that's that brings my awareness to the fact that it's not just you know it's not just uh, isolated cases of a few people in the church but then there's a couple of people a couple of men in the church struggling with this feelings who are afraid to come forth about it because the way the church you know the people in the church know the church people within the church historically have a way of looking down upon or treating certain people in a certain manner, right? So you as one who's navigating that, what would you say to people in the church who struggle with the same, you know, temptations such as yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, If you know that you are serving the Lord with your whole heart, um, you love him, just keep pushing. And he's going to help you through it. Unfortunately, we cannot confide in men, but we can confide in God. And he's our closest friend. He will give you the words and the peace that you need in, uh, in your heart and mind. Um, and he is going to give you those words that only you and him know that you need. So as long as you're trying to live a holy life. God's got you, man. Wow. Yeah. And he, yeah, God's got you, man. Thanks for sharing. Sure. Um, so, you know, there are some statistics. Um, there are um, some statistics that show that U.S. about 5.6% of U.S. adults identify as LGBT, um, but about 10% of U.S. adults admit to having porn addiction. Um, and it's just crazy to, to think about it because, you know, you, those are only adults that admit to having a porn addiction. So the, the number of people that might have a porn addiction might be much, much higher than just 10%, right? Um, but also, out of those 10% are, that are in the church, about 65% of men in the Christian church admit to watching porn at least once a month. 65%. Yeah, that's a huge number. So I think as Christians, we've idolized sexuality. As I mentioned before, um, we've kind of put sexuality on this pedestal, you know, um, to the point where we're just having conferences and talks and um, conversations about the supposed identity crisis. Um, But we're not having enough conversations on porn addiction, you know. And it's, it's just crazy to me to think that a lot of us in the Christian church believe that our problem is sexuality. And I really think a bigger problem, I guess you could say, is porn addiction. And nobody's having conferences on that, you know? Nobody's having um, 
these awesome, super like excellent um, seminars on how to overcome uh, porn addiction. It's just crazy to think. And all they focus on is the, the bigger sin, quote unquote, which is homosexuality. Is really sad, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was um, we had um this Christmas in July event at church. And Christmas in July. Christmas in July. Are you one of yeah. those people who listens to Christian uh, uh, Christmas music before the uh, November? Bro, I listen to Christmas music all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> it's, awesome. it's my favorite holiday, man. It just <laughs> makes me so happy. Uh-huh. Um, so we had that event and uh. You know, uh, we sang Doi to the World. And I was talking to a friend, and she reminded me of, of the line in that song. It says, he rules the world with truth and grace. He rules the world with truth and grace. And she told me, because um, I told her I was going to be in this podcast, and she reminded me of that line. She told me, you know what? I'm really proud of what you're doing, and I hope it helps other people. And, uh, Neville, um, my hope is that God is glorified in all of this. Um, but, you know, she reminded me, God rules in truth. Yeah, he does rule in truth, but he also rules in grace. So he can do both at the same time. He can rule in truth and he can rule in grace. But I think as Christians, we don't love in truth and in grace. We either love in truth or we either love or we just love in grace, you know? Um, because when I've spoken to other Christians who are like awesome at their theology, you know, I'll tell them, well, you know, this is what I struggle with, um, but I want to serve God. And the first thing they always tell me is, well, this is what the Bible says about homosexuality. And I'm like, I know what it says. You don't have to tell me. You've read you know? it. I've read it. Yeah, I've read it. <laughs> you know, like the scene where uh, Noah and his sons, when they see him naked or the Levitical laws, I know all of it. You don't have to tell me. I know all of it. And I assure you, every other gay out there knows what the Bible says about homosexuality. But it's not the only thing, you know. It also says uh, that the greatest commandment is to love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and spirit. But also, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, a lot of times the argument is, I'm going to call your sin out because that's what the Bible tells me to do. Well, have you ever looked in a mirror and called yourself out? Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, you know what, you need to fix this because this is what the Bible says? Would you ever do that to yourself? Probably not, because you love yourself. You don't want you want to see the good things in yourself most of the time. You choose to you know? see the good things in exactly. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's hurtful to look in the mirror and say, This is what you need to fix. I need to shave my beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? So it's 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 really hurtful to do that. I mean, we have to as Christians, you know, face um and, and try to change, you know, with our struggles. But I think we are so focused on what the Bible says to call out sin, but we're not focused enough on love because we know that God is love. And I know that love is not a God. I know that. You know, that's, that's a huge trend right now. When you tell someone God is love and their response quickly is, but love is not God. But I think we've taken that and twisted it to fit our own beliefs. You know, and like I said, it's really easy to point fingers because you're either straight or you're not. 
Wow. Could you give us practical ways? So, for example, Neville, as a Christian, how can I serve you better? And for also other straight Christian men in my board, other straight Christian females who are not, you know, don't struggle with homosexuality, how can they serve other people, you know, other people who struggle with the scene of homosexuality better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know this is hard, but try to put yourselves in our shoes, right? Um, and look at homosexuality because I'm not here to say that homosexuality is not a sin. I'm not here to argue that somehow we can fit homosexuality into Christianity. That's not my goal. My goal is that God be glorified in this conversation. Um, but just look at homosexuality the way you would look at any other sin. Don't hold it higher than any other sin. Hold it at the same level. Just like cheating, lying, fornication, adultery, porn addiction, masturbation, the road rage. whatever it is. Oh. Yeah. Overeating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there are things that we don't even pay attention to because we're so focused on the quote unquote the bigger sins, right? Um, so just look at homosexuality the way that you would look at any other sin and just try to love, love us. You don't have to accept us as, um, or not accept us, but accept our, um, point of view, but it really helps when you know that we can count on you and talk about the things that we struggle with, with you, uh, with, with our feelings. Um, I, a few months ago, I uh, was going through a really tough time. You know about this. And I came out to a friend who I know is very, very in love with Christ. And it was hard for me because I know how much he loves Christ. But I needed a very centered or very focused point of view from someone who I knew that loved Christ. But like I said, it was scary because I didn't know how he was going to respond. Right? And for the first time ever, I had a Christian call me out on my struggles, but it actually felt loving. And some of his words included, hey, do you believe that the Lord loves you? I said, yes. And then he asked, do you believe that the Lord died on the cross for your sins? I said, yes. I kid you not, this went on for like 20 minutes. He was just asking all these questions. Do you believe that Christ is here with us right now? Yes. He just kept going with these questions, and it completely shifted my perspective that we all struggle with something. But Christ never struggles to love us. Amen. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. We all struggle with something, but Christ never struggles to love us. Wow, that's awesome. Anything else you'd love to talk about? Um, just, I hope that this conversation sparks some other conversations. And um, for the Christian community, just love the LGBT community. 
don't have this us versus them mentality. For the LGBT community, love on the Christian community. Don't have this us versus them mentality. Love each other. We both preach about acceptance and tolerance, but if we're honest, both communities are some of the most unaccepting, most intolerable communities that exist. It's like we are at war with each other when we shouldn't. We could be having a conversation just like you and I are having here and try to um, understand our perspectives. Um, for the LGBT community, don't, don't taunt the Christian community by having pride parades and having Christ on a cross. Oh, that's happened? That, that, yeah, that has happened. And they make Jesus gay. And um, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because we're supposed, we preach acceptance and tolerance, but we can't do that while we taunt other people. We can't preach acceptance and tolerance when we don't show it to those that don't accept us. Same thing for the Christian community. We can't preach acceptance, tolerance, and love when we can't love those that are most opposed to us. So I think that both communities need to have conversations just like this one and ask each other, how can I serve you better? And I think also this might be a conversation for another time, but I've heard of homosexual people that, you know, have somehow gained heterosexuality. Um, but like in my case, who've, I've prayed a lot, read the word of God, you know, asked God to take the gay away, and nothing has happened. What about like my case, you know? Um, just let's love each other, accept each other, tolerate each other. That's different from accepting. But I think if we shift our perspectives to that, we can be unstoppable. Wow, that's awesome. Last question. You being a Christian man who uh, you've, you've talked about um, struggling with homosexuality, what would you say to a non-Christian? For non-Christians gay, for non-Christian gays, try... How do you even present the gospel to them, for instance? Okay, yeah, it's, it's difficult because I have a completely different perspective, you know, so you have to be very careful how you present the gospel to them. But what I do is I go up to them and I'll tell them, hey, I'm gay, but I believe in Jesus. And I believe that he can give you the love that you are so longing for. Because I know that being part of the LGBT community, we struggle with actually feeling loved because we're not accepted in a lot of cases or communities. And um, I would just say, if you want to meet Jesus, Jesus, and really see what true love is, I can tell you about what that is and how you can come to him. And Neville, here's the thing. 
I also struggled with like depression and anxiety. And thank God he set me free from that. I believe in the power of God and that he can set you free from your um, struggles. But here's still my question. Why am I still gay? (laughs) Don't eat the flesh. (laughs) Exactly. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Any, would you like to add anything else? I don't want to, this has been so great. I don't want to, yeah. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. Very. Um, thank you so much for this opportunity. Come on, man. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I hope to have more conversations like this. I wish Andrew uh, and Ro and Mallory was here, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it would have been awesome it. to meet them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but hopefully we can have another conversation on this. Yes. Um, we will. Yeah. Oh, one thing really quick. Um, remember when a few years ago gay marriage was legalized in the U.S.? I've always had this question, why are there so many Christians in the church, of course, living together, having children out of wedlock? And the gay community was fighting hard to being able to marry legally and in the church. I think that's a good question that we can ponder on, you know, how let's not be hypocritical, you know? So that might be a question for the next Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Beautiful people, I am back. It's been such an excellent discussion with, again, a friend who shall not be named, but he'll be back, of course. We just wanted on this episode to highlight some of the stories and to, you know, some of the experiences that people around us some of the people that you might know, but because of the way that we talk, because of the way that we act, because of the what we say, and these people are very fearful of coming out and telling us of their struggles, and that is not okay. That is not okay. We are not doing something right, and we need to fix that. So uh, it's been great to be joined by my friend, and I've learned so much from, you know, this conversation, I believe it's been very helpful and I hope you have as well. Um, so my encouragement to you is just love others well and keep doing it. Um, yeah, keep doing it so well, you know, just as Jesus loved us, you know, because many a times I'm left wondering, hey, what's the love that Jesus talked about? Because we don't show it, you know, and we, we, we just have this weird mentality creeping up that's not unloving and I am not trying to isolate myself from this discussion because I'm guilty of this as well. And I know of a lot of people that are acquainted to me who are also guilty of the same. So we need to try to be better. And I'm personally going to try to be better. So thank you so much. Adios, muchachos, beautiful people. Until next time. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope you were encouraged and inspired to turn to the only one who can and will satisfy you. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them out. Feel free to reach us on any social media platform at Shine and Delight. You can also shoot us an email at shineanddelight at outlook.com. Until next time, be kind. Love all, share your shine.